like to wait to see how things turn out. If you apply some pressure, I like to wait and see how things turn out. If you Hello and welcome to Britpop Banter. My name is Kevin. And I'm Leslie. Welcome to season two, what happened after Britpop. Uh, this is all about Maximal Park, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, Twitter and Facebook, we're at Britpop Banter, or you can email us, BritpopBanter at gmail.com. All views expressed in this podcast are 100% our own, and while we poke fun at some bands and artists, we appreciate their talent and sacrifice to create these albums. So it's Maximal Park, a certain trigger, and it's listener pick. This got a lot of nominations. So Andy, Carl and Liam, who I'll read through uh, a little bit later on on why they uh, love this album so much. Last time we caught up, Les, was Keen. It does feel like a little while ago now. It does, actually. How long was that? Two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Oh. What's happened since then? Melbourne has gone back into lockdown. Sucks to be them. Sucks to be a Mel- Mel- Melbourneian. Yeah. So, okay, cool. Yeah. Was reaching there and it made sense. Uh, so they've gone in six weeks. Yeah. So cases in Australia has uh, gone up quite significantly up. I mean, it was like zero one zero zero one case. And then all of a sudden now it's 170 something now each day. But 99% of them Just are Just because from... the security guard wanted to get his end away. <laughs> There's a lot of rumours around what was happening. But yeah, it was... Uh... Allegedly, there was... They, and so Victoria were the only state when they had the um, hotel quarantine mm-hmm. to use a private security company as opposed to police and the armed forces. Right. So they did it really quickly and to save money. So these people didn't get properly trained. Some of them were letting them out to go out to uh, McDonald's, have a smoke, oh. come back, take them to the shops. But one fella made his way around five rooms. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> and that was his day job. At night, he was an Uber driver. So you can see how that was... Oh, yeah. Mm, wow. Allegedly. Okay, there's a big one there. All right. But that's amazing. So Melbourne's gone fully into lockdown for six weeks, which is them going back to the way it kind of was, where pubs and clubs and restaurants, they're all shut apart from the, the takeaway stuff. You can only leave your house to exercise with one other person. Oh, not that Like, I just all... Oh, can you imagine going... I mean, we just... I mean, we're going out tonight for a nice pub dinner. Yeah. We just played a great game of golf. Like, you know, I can't imagine going back to no. proper ISO again. No, I can't. But it's pretty... It's going to happen. You know we're going to... Something's going to happen in Sydney. Something is bound to happen. There's going to be outbreaks. But I think we've got to just get used to that. I think we've got to not go into lockdown every time 10 people get covid because COVID is with us now, the end. So are we just going to go in lockdown every time somebody gets COVID? Because that's insanity. Mm. So I think there's got to be... I can see with the Melbourne one because it spiked really severely. Quickly. And I can see why. But if it's like, oh, we got more cases, well, that's just going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Because we're going out more and virus is spread. Mm-hmm. People get the flu, people get this, people get that. You can't be going in a lockdown all of the time. Yes. So, you know, you're just going to have nice. to learn to live with it. It's been nice. Like, I've had uh, a week off and uh, I've been out. I've been uh, seeing a bit of New South Wales. I've been eating, visiting wineries, eating great food, shopping, and it's been really nice. And to have that wind all the way back again to you go, oh, I can't even live in the house again. That'd be hard. Hard. Yeah. So let's- We could still play golf, though. 
Yes. Do you want to just get it out of the way? Get what out of the way? Just say it, Kevin. Say what? Oh, the... You're being a knob, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin beat me at golf. Move on, next. <laughs> Our first 18 holes together. It was. It was fun, wasn't it? It was, it was a, really it was good fun. really nice course. Good. I'm knackered. Like, I am absolutely... My hip heart, which I didn't expect from golf, but great game, and I did win. So, happy days for me. And that means... I was up by three holes, which means I get a whopping... Three bucks. Three dollary doos. Pretty excited by that. Um, yeah, I'll get it to you. What do you mean you'll get it to me? You have to give it to me today. It's instalment. <laughs> uh, there's one thing I want to I want to talk about, uh, and then we'll crack on, because there's a lot to cover. Um, should we talk about Kasabian? Yes, please. Go on. What happened? Um, so... I, well, funnily enough, I actually saw the statement from Kasabian before I knew. Me too. And so I was like, oh, what's going on here? So then I googled um, old Tom Megan's name and I was like, oh no. Um, so two things. One, um, never can condone any form of domestic violence or domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. So Kasabian 100% have done the right thing. Um Although it must be heartbreaking because they're buddies and, you know, he was a co-founder of the band and they've gone through so much. They were working on their seventh Mm -hmm. album, etc, etc. There's just absolutely no way that they could have continued with him after that. That's what I wanted to pick your brain and see if it, how you would feel about them if they did. Because I think they're screwed either way, right? You're going to have I wouldn't buy another album. Oh, wow. Not a chance. A wife beater. Forget it. It's the lowest of the low. Because mm. what does it say as a person? I actually don't think there's anything lower than domestic violence. Whether it's women, men, same-sex relationships, domestic violence is the absolute pits. Mm. Men, and especially, I guess, the sheer force of a man versus a woman. I mean, it's just pathetic. Um, and it happens too often. Mm. I mean, in Australia, there is a woman dies each week from mm. domestic violence. It's mm-hmm. just hideous and it's just an odious thing and I think that they had absolutely no choice not even because of selling records just from a ethical and a moral perspective the thing that pisses me off the most about him though Mm -hmm. is the fact that he's made his statement and he doesn't even address it Mm -hmm. apologize for the fact that you rammed your partner's head into a hamster cage Mm -hmm. like that might be a good idea because you were found guilty in court it's not rumours, it's not allegedly, mm-hmm. it's not, oh, somebody tweeted something. You've just been prosecuted in a court of law. I think you pled guilty in the end, which... So then you know you've done it. Exactly. So, um, I have lost all respect. Do you know how I used to say Clubfoot's my song that makes me get excited? Yeah. Forget it. Ooh. I'm done. I'm done. Wow. I'm done. Yeah, it's been interesting. I don't know if you've seen some of the, the, the reactions on Twitter about the fact that he has been ousted from the band. It's very much two camps. How can you do this? This is a lead singer. He's gone through his issues. He's addressed them. He's and going through his issues. It's domestic violence. I don't care if you've drunk 12 pints. Mm-hmm. I know loads. We, we've drunk 12 pints. I never want to come home and bash someone. Yep. yep. I just want to lie down. <laughs> <laughs> like... It's not... This is what bothers me, is that 
Domestic violence is such a huge, huge issue and I hope that if anyone's listening to this and they're affected by it, please reach out. There are places to call and get help. But you can't... I don't care if you've got a drug problem or a drink problem. Don't be bashing your wife or Mm -hmm. your girlfriend or your fiancé, whatever Mm -hmm. she was. Anyone. Just don't. Go and seek help. If you've got an alcohol problem or a drug problem, then go and seek help for that. And I'm sorry that that's happened to you Mm -hmm. because addiction's disgusting as Mm -hmm. well. It's really horrible. Mm -hmm. And it affects people in so many different ways. There is no excuse... I don't care if you're off your face. You're never that bad. You're never completely out of control of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You can never blame anything for your own actions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, reading some of the articles, this wasn't the first time. Yeah, I did, did read a bit of that too. So that's the thing. It wasn't like, I drank too much, we had an argument, and it was a complete, this has just come out of nowhere and it's mm-hmm. not me. This is, no, 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 Sorry. I don't care. So how? So I one I one hundred percent agree with you. Um, I if I had a friend that did that, I wouldn't talk to them. Yeah, you. you that's it. You're done, right? You're done. Yeah. Yeah. I I totally agree. I don't. Um, same as you. I don't think there's anything much lower uh, than that. And if someone is making you like, if someone makes you feel that angry or emotional or upset, what are you doing in the first place? Like, to take a step out of the situation and the question why you're in that situation in the first place rather than going to the opposite end of the extreme. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, a, a person that you love shouldn't make you feel... Like, you shouldn't... Yeah. If, like, so there's something happening there that you should, obviously is not working and you should be apart. But even if you do, like, we're all going to have arguments and heated arguments and discussions with people we love, but I just... There's something in... There's certain but things in people... you're never going to get to that extreme. Are. That's what I mean. That's a person. That's a thing that's just in you. Yeah, I just so. So no, nah, bye bye, Kasabian. So do they? Do they continue on with the name Kasabian and release an album? I mean, album? they can. It depends on how much he's gonna contribute towards it. I just it no, I don't want him to have anything. I just what I honestly would want from him, at least, would be some form of apology to his okay. fans. Okay. He's just going. Oh, I'm going through such a hard time. And he mentioned ADHD as well, which I thought. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Moron, what's that got to do with anything? Mm. Like that stuff, you're making excuses for your poor behaviour. Mm. It's actually really sad, right? I get mm. that, you know, a band that you followed for so long that this is how it turns out. It's sad. It's devastating. And I can see why people are so angry and they're defensive towards him and want the band to continue. But on the flip side, I see the, your point of view around the band just going, mm, no, we're, we're done. So, um... It's a sad way to kind of end it, really. Very, very much so. Um, do you think we'll get another album out of it? Um, I think that's going to depend on if he... Because I don't know from a legal perspective whether he can have any say on whether they can... Like, I don't know if, like, can they use their name? Can, would he have to give up his rights? Would he get royalties from it? Like, I think there's that whole... Oh, God, that's really... Yeah, that's complex. And that's the thing. So then I actually don't know. What they may do is just start another band. Yeah, okay. If I was them, yeah. I'd go, we just started to... They were writing this seventh album. Mm-hmm. You'd go and call yourself something else. You know what's really sad is we saw Kasabian at the Opera House for my birthday mm-hmm. and it was one of the best gigs we've ever seen. It was so good. Yeah, and I've seen him a few times and I used to love him. I didn't know that. I used to be like, mm. he's a great front man. If you listen to the Kasabian episode in this season, yeah. I love him. Yeah. No, no. Absolutely disgusting. Wow. Shall we get on to better things? Yes. <laughs> 
Song of the Week is a little bit special to, to mm-hmm. us. So Song of the Week, Mercury Machine, one of our absolute favourites on the show, just released a brand uh, new EP called Ascend. Uh, so in case, I mean, you should really, if you listen to us, you should know who American Machine are. Um, but, you know, they're pretty much, they consider themselves dark electro. They get compared uh, against Depeche Mode. Uh, Chris, our friend at the Soundtrack Podcast, uh, called them the best soundtrack to a vampire movie that never got made. Now, the funny thing about that is we actually got to ask Mercury Machine how they felt about those comparisons. You did. So run us through what happened and then we'll play a little bit of Mercury Machine. So what happened? So we have interviewed Mercury Machine. We had a great chat with them. We did. A couple of weeks back. Yep. Um, And so there will be an episode coming out with that interview. So we talked to them about their debut album plus their new EP, which this track features on. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we just generally had a bit of a chat. So um, I asked them some questions and I thoroughly enjoyed it. They're great guys, great band. Um, and I hope everyone loves it <laughs> as much as I did. Uh, we had a blast. Awesome guys, awesome band, and that was really nice to talk to them. And the new EP is is simply banging. Uh, so we are going to play the sort of lead track off that EP, uh, This Calling. So Mercury Machine, This Calling.
Banging tune again from American Machine. It's a cracking EP, actually. Great EP. Um, and like I said, they are cracking guys. So listen, this is going to drop. The interview with American Machine is going to drop next week, right? So rather than waiting for an hour, two weeks, we're going to drop the American Machine episode in. Um, and let us know how you go. We we want to keep interviewing bands. So anyone you want us to interview, please let us know. Let's get into Les says. Got We've got the Howl and the Hum. Oh yeah, I forgot about them. And Super Drone. Right. Okay. So look, we'll just we'll, we'll just do Super Drone first. So 
basically, um, not many listeners on the old uh, Spotify, but apparently a new shoegaze band. And I know your thoughts on shoegaze and mine, but I thought, I wonder if new shoegaze is different. I commend you for, you know, bringing this band to me. Yeah. And uh, trying it. 100%. (laughs) So, because they're, look, they're relatively unknown. So, the album, Super Drone with the album Solar Gaze, I could only find one actual review from New Music Social. And they said, there is nothing like an album title giving away, giving the game away. Solar Gaze does exactly what it says on the tin. The opener sets the scene and glides into Rectify with its cock-to-esque guitars. Walk away, thankfully not a cast cover, carries on the vibe. Think of Whirlpool era Chapter House as a point of reference. The tracks sit in their own backwater, subtly, subtle electronic flourishes wash in and out, none more so than on the loop. With its Lilton vocals carried on an urgent drum track, these guys have clearly been swatting up on some original gaze pioneers. Mm-hmm. The LP finishes with today and the track management to encapsulate the feel of the album as a whole. It's most definitely an album for the summer. Grab Martini a deck, deck chair and some light reading and let this wash you to sleep. Oh, wash you to sleep. That's yeah. interesting. So the second review... Is from our listener, mm-hmm. so ADL on Twitter. So Adrian, he is a huge shoegaze fan. Anything shoegaze, I loves sort of it. Give and him a he, nudge. you know, we've talked to him before around Ride, and we went to see Ride, mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. we'll get into our thoughts on this album. But yes, his review was the vocals remind me a lot of Chapter House, mm-hmm. which is exactly what our friends in the first review said. Okay. There's a bit of Tame and Pala going on with the production and fiddling around with sounds. First two tracks are the strongest. For me, it's not really shoegaze as the guitars are too far down in the mix, but I like it. Would be interesting to see how they sound live. He'd give it six and a half to a seven out of ten and would listen to it again. That's good. I'm so happy with good. that. That's good. So, let me go first. Oh, thank God. So, I... With shoegaze, do you know what it is? I actually don't mind the music in shoegaze, but I always wonder, does it deliberate that the vocals go missing? Thank you. Is it deliberate, though? Is that the whole point? I don't know. Do they mix it differently, or do you have to have a voice that sounds like you need some strepsils? <laughs> like, I, I'm i being honest. Like, I don't, keep going. Because the guitars, like, the music's lovely. Like, I actually don't mind the music. I mean, it's not the most inspiring of music. Um, the fact that this guy says grab a deck chair and light reading wash you to sleep it's background music mm. but not an offen- it's not offensive no. and to be honest we've listened to a lot of shoegaze and some we've liked some we didn't we had that challenge remember we did if these guys were on the challenge they would have been one of my favourites really yeah well, I actually good. like this this is not a bad album it's not bad I actually think they've got a lot of talent I can see where it comes from the whole shoegaze thing but it's the vocals. He's not got a bad voice. But they're just so... It's kind of so... Lost. Lost. Yeah, it's, it's just so lost. lost. So, I guess for me, it's obviously just Shoegaze and I are never going to be... You know, like that. <laughs> Which was my fingers crossed like pals. No one can see that. But there were not. And so... But... If you do... 
if you loved early Britpop and you like shoegaze, then give these guys a listen, because I do think the whole point of this section is to promote new bands, and I think everybody's worth a listen. So go and have a listen. They are on Spotify. But for me, I'd give it five and a half to a six out of ten. Okay. All right, okay. Um, not for me, obviously. I think a lot of people have tried to get me into shoegaze, and mm, not for me. I find, look, I find it all a bit samey-samey. And you know the big reason for that is some of the sounds sound some of the songs quite are quite different, but the vocals are the same. Yeah. And you know, part of me of liking a song, you know, I get hooked on the lyrics, I get hooked on the choruses, I get hooked on this, 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 the uniqueness of a singer's voice. You don't get that with shoegaze because it's all it's the music is that has the volume turned up and the vocals down and it's just it's the same and so i really struggle to get into it it's not like there's no sing along choruses no there is not you know it, there's no it just you know so um look this is i've just put i don't get shoegaze uh, have an issue with not being able to understand what the lead singer is singing about and to me it does feel a little bit samey samey when when you've got that i am so glad that adrian reviewed it because he knows his shoegaze. Listen to him. Don't listen to me. No, or me. Right? Because I don't know shoegaze and I don't really like it that much. But kudos to this band for tapping into something like that. Um, it's not bad. It's just not for me. I'd give it a four. Because, okay, because you've got to remember, six for me is something I'll probably go back to. For this, I, I'm probably not going to ever go back to this. But that's because it's a genre that's not for me. That's no. it. I only gave it. I wouldn't go back to the whole album, but I would have a couple other tracks, in like a playlist, or if it came up on a shuffle, or it's not bad because I don't find it offensive. You know how sometimes I review stuff and I'm like, really that really I found it. I can't. I just can't. Shoegaze. I don't ever get. I just can't listen to this. I just go. I don't know what I'm listening to. Okay, that's fair. Okay. Um, Should we get into the next one? We shall. So the howl and the hum with human. Contact. Can't wait to talk about this. So, who the hell band, are these guys? So, fantastic. So, debut album. They're from Yorkshire. Their debut album. Debut yeah. album. Um, I had never. Are they have got quite a few listeners on Spotify. I didn't have. I couldn't find a lot of reviews online. Um, but there's a lot. There's some chatter about them, so I do think they'll be coming to the forefront. Well, we're gonna hit the big time now um, on our podcast. Well, they are. Well, they are obviously. <laughs> um. They are, I actually, I won't say anything yet, I'll do it with my review. So what I'll do is I'll just go to the reviews first. So look, review, again, hard to find some reviews, but a blog reviews better with um, headphones blog, they gave it 9 out of 10. So wow. I'll be honest here, I found this band by accident. Last week I was going through Instagram stories and an advert for the Howl and the Hums debut album, Human Contact, caught my eye, in which I was instantly intrigued by the short snippets they chose to showcase. I decided not to listen to any more of the band's singles and endure a long three-day wait. I wished I never made this commitment. But Human Contact is a fantastic debut album by the Yorkshire band, from which they begin the album with Love Love You Like a Gun, which was a stark contrast from what had already been previewed online on social media. This, along with the album's namesake Human Contact, have an electronic synth in the background that bring the superb vocals and lyrics from singer Sam Griffiths 
into the foreground. The rest of the band get to show their abilities in the latter half of the album with excellent drums throughout. Other tunes like Hostages and Murmur continue to embody and push that electronic vibe that they find their feet on. It's hard to decide on this album highlight. Firstly, the only boy racer left on the island has a slow build-up in tempo led by the vocals and soft guitar at the beginning. This is a debut album that's so diverse in its sound with soft electronic sounds, indie ballads and heavenly synths, it's so easy to see why they're one of the best up-and-coming bands in Britain, all while receiving strong accolades from the likes of Annie Mac. Honestly, if she likes somebody, then I like somebody. But, um, <laughs> vocally, you can't fault this album, but alongside that, the music is visceral to listen to on its own. I cannot wait to see this, but where this band goes next, and to see this beautiful piece of art live. Wow, indie is not a genre. Oh, here we go. Three point four out of five. Such oh. a strange score. Okay. While we're often eager to pummel the guidelines set by pop music standards, the indie world has administered its own tropes, tropes that can easily be become pitfalls for up-and-coming bands. York's The Highland Ham may not purposefully avoid these traps on their debut, but even when embracing expectations, they do well to spotlight some individuality. Human Contact is a shy debut, lyrically confrontational, keen to show personality and vigour, but indeed shy. The whole Howl in the Ham, a romantic rock outlet, enamoured with the 80s and more so the 2000s synth legions, thematically bare but emotionally available. The Howl in the Ham get more done without venturing too far from comfort than some do when relishing experimentation. They're seldom met by frivolity, seek only a handful of thrills, but manage to attain an indie pop touch crafted by shyness taken to the alternative disco. So... I am actually really keen to hear your thoughts on this. Because mm. I'm... Um, okay, go. Well, they changed a lot. Um, <clears throat> first time I listened to this album, Love You Like a Gun grabbed my attention. It is... Like, I just... I hadn't heard anything like that for a while. It wasn't what I was expecting. I loved that. And then the rest of the album hit, and I went, ah... Oh, and I was hoping they would stick with that sort of dark and electro and and they didn't they went into a bit more commercial numbers and I was like ugh and I wrote it off I went ugh. oh okay I'm I'm probably not going to come back to this for a while until I have to um and so a couple of th- two things happened right so one uh my parents went home which I forgot to open with but my parents went uh back home uh, and I took them to the airport, which was the strangest experience ever. Got dropping them off at an Sydney International Airport, and it being a deserted. Is it really it's desert? Like, so you know when you drop an uh, international airport, when you drop someone off, oh, uh, it's a nightmare. There's a dro- it's a nightmare. There's cars everywhere, people everywhere. There's stewards, security. Beep, beep. Oh my god! Yeah, deserted. Like I'm the only car there dropping someone off. Uh, so. Anyway, and I'm like, okay, I've just dropped my parents off. They've been with us for, for close to six months. You're, you're a little bit sad, emotional. Yeah, of course. You know, you, you think about your, your parents and you're probably not going to see them for, for a couple of years. Um, and I, was, I put this album on and it just hit everything that I was feeling. Because the, the, the structure of this album is so... The, the sequence of songs are so well placed. You get a couple of bangers. 
then you get a soft one that hits you. Then you get an ele- ele- electronic sounding song that doesn't sound like anything else. And it just hits. Even the songs I didn't like the first time I heard it, the second time they hit me. The other test for me is, you know, I said I went, you know, traveling around New South Wales in the car. And I'll put, I'll be, you know, uh, have my phone on through the car. And Mrs. D, I'll be like, oh, can you, actually, I want you to listen to this. Put this on. And I put this album on. And she's, she, if she doesn't like anything, it's, it doesn't even hit the chord. <laughs> this whole album played end to end. Got to the end and started again. And I actually went, hey, should we put something else on? Oh, yeah. I went, what do you think of it? She goes, I like it. And we actually give, are giving the same rating to the album. It's weird. We never do that. So, look, um, intro's brilliant. Um, that is, for me, it's, it's a special piece of it. It doesn't quite get back there. But then you, you hear songs like uh, Murmurs, Smoke, 27. They're good songs. Strong songs. Um, even the ones that didn't... The Only Boy Racer left on the island. The, the singer... Has a little bit of a voice similar to Gary Barlow's, right? Gary Barlow. I don't know what it is. Just sometimes, and that song for me sounds a little bit when Take That reformed. But it's still good. So for me, I enjoyed this. This surprised the hell out of me. 7 out of 10. Boom! So for me, I love this album. Um, as soon, I didn't know what I was up for. Love You Like a Gun. Straight oh, in. bang. Loved Human Contact, Hall of Fame, Hostages. Murmur is one of the best songs I have heard in a long time. I have a challenge. I swear to God, Murmur has featured in a TV show mm-hmm. or a movie mm-hmm. or an advert. Mm-hmm. Because that is not the first time I've heard that. And it's not because it sounds like something else. Because I've heard it. And it's a poignant song and I feel like I've heard it at a poignant moment in something. Okay. So I want people to go and listen to that. And can they just tell me what it's in? Hint, hint. It's probably Oscar nominated because you're a wanker. Hint. Okay. <laughs> Suddenly. Um, I'm with you. The Only Boy Racer Left on the Island is my least favourite song on yeah. the album. Yeah. Closely followed by Pigs is not a good way to end. Yes. If they'd ended on 27, oh, you're pretty solid. That's it's, a rat. It is a long listen, this album. So long listen. Um, I mean the album But it's just Yeah I just think um, Smoke's a great song 27's a great song Until I Found a Rose Is a great song I genuinely I love his voice I like Do you know what I love? I love the mixture Of the fact that it's indie I do love that mixture Of electronic in it I think it's been Really well produced Oh so great It sounds great It sounds awesome Um I'm a seven and a half out of ten. Hey! Good album. I mean, this album, I'll tell you now, like, the first time I listened to it, I was like, oh, oh, this is just... But I tell you, it just grows on you. And the placement of the songs, phenomenal. So, I guess that means we should play something. What do you want to play? It's got to be Murmur. It's got to be Murmur. All right, so let's play the Howl and the Hum Murmur. It's the exactly what it says. 
his head lays on your chest I hope your heart protects And maybe tells the brave There's disruption in the service Do not adjust your set The radio keeps playing The song inside your head The in-laws round for tea Stop and ask you to repeat The name that you just said You try to find peace You try to find quiet You run from the truth Elope with the lie Something's thumb Listen to the moon I've been dead so Googled it. What's this been on? Oh, you can find it. No, but mm. I'm telling you. Oh, I thought I'd heard it before as yes. well. Yes. I don't know what. Maybe. Uh, Do you want to know what's next week? Yep, go. So there's. I'm pumped for this. So excited. The first band that we're going to actually review is someone who's been our song of the week. Oh. So the Mariners have their album out. The Tides of Time. Oh, so new album got released. God. So that oh, was the no. next song of the week. Oh no! So the Mariners, the Tides of Time, and then is this the first time we've done this where we've actually had to review an album from? What? Oh, what happens if we don't like it? That's just the way it is. That's life, isn't it? <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Okay. Um, to be honest with you. I love that song of the week. You did. And you did come really? up, like I don't. I'd be very doubtful if I don't like this. Okay. However, you never know. <laughs> but the second album. All right. It's emotional. It's emotional. Because it's been around. I didn't. I didn't even know it was coming. 
And then I found out about three weeks ago, well, three episodes ago, because I kept saying it's coming, it's coming. Yeah, yeah, Because it got delayed because of COVID. Mr. Paul Weller. Oh, my God, I'm getting teary. Um, <laughs> with his new album, On Sunset. Okay. I've listened to one track. I've, that's a lie. I've listened to it all, but there is one particular track. It's him at his best. Now... I heard that before I'd heard the full album. I'm not going to give anything away. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm really excited to talk about this album. And I hope to God I like it. And I hope to God you like it. I'm going to throw shade, like, caution to the wind and say that you like it. But when was the last... uh, Okay, I'm excited by that. That'd be great. What was the last Paul Weller album you listened to and liked? the last one Helio Helio what's his name was that the last one Centric whatever okay um just leave me alone um <laughs> so anyway let's say next week The Mariners The Tides of Time and Mr Paul Weller with On Sunset oh. I mean, that's punchy uh, we've got some banging albums coming oh really Oofed. awesome awesome alright speaking of banging albums could this be one of them I know oh, I see what you did you there. Like Not really. Uh, um, I'll tell you some listeners do. Bloody hell. Whew. Maximal Park, A Certain Trigger, released in 16th of May 2005. Do you remember this album coming out? Yes. Really? Yes, I've told you the story already. I said it in the last episode. Because um, a really good friend of mine I met travelling, who you know as well, um, her boyfriend at the time had the album and I went down to see them I'd just come back and he was like this is a great band put the album on I was like that's banging apply some pressure so yeah I do I know this album I'd forgotten about this but I'm going to be honest forgotten about it okay because what did they do after that I mean you're going to tell us but <laughs> really this is a band that never crossed my desk ever ever your desk I don't think you've even spoken to me about this. No, because I genuinely did forget about them. Like, mm. genuinely. Because, to be honest, it was that album, and, and then I think I then came to Australia, and then I just... Lost it. Well, just didn't think about them again. Uh, so this is Maximal Park's debut album. What followed it, you just missed it, it was Our Earth, Our Earthy Pleasures, number two in 97. Right. Right. The, so the label was Warp Records and it was recorded in East Coast Studios in London and two kilohertz studios in London as well. The producer was Paul Epworth. He's worked with Heaps, Block Party, The Future Heads, Florence and Machine and Adele. I love Florence and Machine. Are we, are we talking? We're not going to talk we about them, are I we? I mean, we might. Really? Okay. I'd have to do another poll. I might do a poll. We haven't got... It's not in the, it's not in the schedule. It's not in the schedule, mate. Well, it might be. Well, you're going to have to... You don't to... know what I want. Tracks. 13 <laughs> tracks. It's 33 minutes. 33. What's 33 minutes? This album. All right. You're in and you're out. Oh, you are. I mean, some would say 33 minutes is a pretty good effort. Oh, no. Got to number 15 in the charts. How long was it in the charts, Leslie? You have to get this. 42 weeks. Oh, every week is 22. You're always in the 20s, and the week that I want you to be in the 20s. 42, I said. Damn it. All right, okay. Do you want to know the charts? Aye. All right, let's get into it. 
Uh, let's start with albums. Devil and at uh, number ten, Devils and Dust by Bruce Springsteen. I'm going to be really controversial here and I don't care. I can't stand him or his music. And people, like, it's music. <laughs> for fucking hell. Excuse me. <laughs> Honestly, I hate Bruce Springsteen. People are like, he's the boss. He writes amazing songs. He's awful. Honestly, I hate Bruce Springsteen. Never got it. Don't get it. I mean. Every time you do this, we get a fucking challenge. Bring it. He's not British anyway, so I'll like, disregard it. But, um,. Oh no, bring it. Go We've on, done R.E.M. We oh yeah, R-E-M we'll do it. Talent. Bring it, bring it. If somebody loves Bruce Springsteen... Put your hand up. First of all, that's embarrassing. Second of all, you'll give a challenge that you will get absolutely annihilated <laughs> on. So if you want to, feel free. I mean, um, Andy, give it a crack. Carl, I mean, really, one of you two will probably send it. So. <laughs> um, that's fine. I hear it. Baby, I was born to run. I mean, it's awful. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Born in the USA. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. It's the same as Neil Diamond. It's all that same shit. I guess I. Wow. Well, it... Just shush. Stop talking. <laughs> is it my? Is this my fault because you lost? Hey. Are you a bit angry because you lost? Um. No, I've just got this thing for Bruce Springsteen and I don't... It's like one of these... Do you know what the thing is? <laughs> it's like there are some times when bands are huge and I go, I don't like it, but I get it. Okay, yeah. R.E.M., I get it. Everybody's like one of the best. And I get it because I think they're talented because when they're on, they're on. But they're not always for me. So I go, that's fair. And then you've got other people that are, you know, bands that I go, hmm... Queen's another one. Right. When Queen are on and they've done some great songs. But I wouldn't say I'm a Queen fan. I but am. I kind of get it. Okay. Okay, same thing. Okay. Bruce Springsteen, they'll get it. You tell me anything. Anything at all that's decent. I got nothing. 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 If we get a challenge out of this, it's your fault. Right. Well, they bring it. Nine. Eye to the Telescope by Katie Tunstall. Oh, I love Katie. Do you make you feel a bit better? That makes me feel a lot better. The Massacre by 50 Cent. <laughs> Employment by <laughs> the Kaiser Chiefs. Another one of your favourites. Oh, I hate the Kaiser Chiefs. Why do you hate the Kaiser Chiefs? Because it's just rowdy shite. <laughs> Is it the beer? I don't know, and I need another one. So We're drinking coffee lager. It's magic. <laughs> The servant on tap at the pub we're going to go next. Right, yeah. Uh, Cream, I Feel Free by Ultimate Cream. Oh, no. What the... Oh, I liked Cream. Cream, good. Yeah. Cream are good. Uh, Athlete Tourist. (laughs) (laughs) Four out of ten. Four out of ten. Why can't I have the amount of shit I get for Athlete? Athlete are a good band. Okay, good. Love Angel Music Baby by Gwen Stefani. I like Gwen Stefani. Okay. Big fan. Okay. Singles by Basement Jacks. Oh no, Basement Jacks. Banging. Um, old Basement Jacks. Old Basement Jacks. Yeah, yeah, the good stuff. Uh, Trouble by Akon. Uh, okay. Number one, Heart and Soul by Steve Brookstein. Brookstein. What's that? Brookstein. 
Could he be like a... He obviously won something. That's what I was just about to say. Right, let's get into the singles, because you know it's 2005. You know you've got some crap coming your way, right? Uh, Will Smith with Switch. Hellish. Uh, <laughs> Kelly Osborne with one word. That's an outrage. I like the way by the Body Rockers. Do you remember the Body Rockers? Oh, Australian band. I like the way you move. <laughs> oh my god, they made it into the top ten in the UK. Yeah, right. God, they literally had one hit because the second song was exactly the same. Do you remember? No. It was terrible. Eminem with Mockingbird. Oh. Coral. Or Carl. In the morning. In the morning, you know I don't remember the thing. Ding, 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 ding. I like the coral. Uh, we're going to talk about them? Maybe. Maybe not. Well. Okay. <laughs> Signs by Snoop Dogg, Timberlake and Wilson. Jesus. Hate It or Love It by The Game featuring 50 Cent. Oh, I think I used to like that. I'm pretty certain. I'm gonna what? Play, I'm going to play it later. I reckon I loved that. Is This The Way To Amarillo by Tony Christie featuring Peter Kay? I mean, that's an outrage. What's that? Do you remember it? Is This The Way To Amarillo? Remember, it was like it was a spoof song. Okay. Feel Good Ink by Gorillaz. Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. that's good. And Acorn With Lonely. That's an awful song. <laughs> lonely, I'm so lonely. Oh. Yeah. Shall we get into this album? Alright. Uh, Can you get me a beer first, please? Alright. Thanks. Alright, third coffee beer. Woo! <laughs> I might get Larry later. Larry? You're not Larry now? No. Right. Just beginning. I mean, look, the reality is it's 20 past three in the afternoon. <laughs> and you've got me all night because I'm actually staying over. So. And I brought a bottle of whiskey. I know. Can't wait for that. Excited. Right, let's get into this. So, uh, we asked the three listeners who nominated this album to write into us and tell us why. So this is from Andy. I first saw Maximal Park on the tour to promote their debut single, The Coast Is Always Changing. Paul Smith held a small book in front of him, which he read the lyrics as he sang. This memory stands out as it seemed like the one affection... The light... What does that say? Affectation? Affectation. Thank you. Andy, you and your fancy words, mate. In a performance by a band who felt otherwise deeply authentic. Accents were start, starting to appear more prominently in music again, and Maximal Park wore their regional identity proudly, giving their songs a sense of character, missing from so many of the acoustic sketches we thought of as constituting popular indie music for several long and painful years. By 2005, bands like Maximal Park were dragging us out of that mire. This was not, however, the, throw, the throwaway emotionalist power pop that so many people wrongly assume is at the other end of the scale from serious-faced folky strummers. The key to a certain trigger's excellence is in its cover image, a man contorted, contorted into a painful ball about to kick out his twisted limbs in an explosive release. Like Paul Simonon, about to smash his guitar on the cover of The Clash's London Colin, this image perfectly captures the moment immediately before catharsis. So much in life conspires us to twist us into these emotional pretzels and all these stresses and strains are present in Maximal Park's lyrics. 
from the musings on losing everyone and apply some pressure to the desperate embarrassment and regret of the night I lost my head or the escape of going missing. But while a certain trigger gives us a window into these moments of panic and dismay, it also gives us the tools to momentarily, oh my God, escape in the <clears throat> escape in its shape of its jittery, infectious new wave joyousness. After years of chart-scaling troubadours encouraging us to cry out our anguish, here finally was a band helping us to dance it out instead. God, that's true. Um, here's what happens when you apply some pressure. The cover image seems to say, but all you need is press play and crank up your speakers to 11 to find out what happens when you release some too. Oh my God. So well written, Andy. Right. Shame you couldn't have read it better. Horrible, wasn't it? Yeah. I butchered that. Yeah. Here, you read Sorry, Carl's. Andy. Yeah, yeah sorry. It's probably better for everyone. Yeah, let's, yeah, oh, yeah, it's terrible. Okay, so, Carl Simpson, A Certain Trigger was a huge album for myself and friends at the time of release. We saw them live many times and they got better and better, including a headline slot on an enemy tour in which they blew away a new band called Arctic Monkeys, <laughs> who 99% of the crowd had come to see. I felt the album had a bit of everything, buyers to jump about to, but also some great writing and emotional moments. I Am Young, I Am Lost, From Coast Is Always Changing, could sum us up all at that time. I first heard graffiti played on the radio and immediately wanted to hear more. The energy of Paul and key keyboardist Lucas was mesmerising live, but comes through so well on the album. Acrobat was a song rarely played live, but on the occasion I saw it, Paul would read the lyrics from a notepad and be in a flood of tears. The album is a great journey to immerse yourself in and leads to their next album, Our Earthly Pleasures. At the time, it was rare that a band could produce a great debut and a follow-up album. When I listen to it now, I smile and I think about a great period of going to gigs and just having fun. I'll look forward to the episode. Keep going. Liam Dennis. My pleasure. Maximum Park, a certain trigger, is a classic for the ages. Barely a low point across the 40-minute duration. That Kiss You Better is the final track speaks volumes. This could easily pass for a lead A-side for so many other bands. The album is a perfect alchemy of distorted dirty garage going missing graffiti sweet smith's riffs postcard of a painting the coast is always changing and highly literate lyricism throughout all packed into indie dance floor packaging with huge choruses a killer driving album while it's definitely a product of the time with its angular riffage it stands up brilliantly 15 years later and some of the songs that ended up on b-sides e.g i want you to leave speak to the quality of what was included on the parent album it's a record I go back to frequently, a, conf a confronting and familiar record that's simply, well, comforting and familiar record that simply bounces out of the speakers. <laughs> I don't have a touchscreen laptop. <laughs> well, Maximo Park has some singular great moments in their subsequent albums. As a cohesive whole, it never matched a certain trigger. P.S. And they transferred that energy into their live show too. Saw them at the Metro in Sydney. Ah, oh, circa oh, wow. 2006. 2006. There's a lot of love there, isn't there? <sighs> eh? Are we going to have the same love? <laughs> I was waiting for that hook. Right. I'm about to apply some pressure, Kev, to oh. find out if you like it. Oh, that was magic. Wow, coffee beer. 
Let's have the opposite effect. I am fading. Um, right, let's get into them. So Maximal Park are an indie rock band from Newcastle, England. Indie rock. I hate that. <laughs> what is... All right, what would you call it? I think indie rock. For me, rock is like... I know. And then indie is... And then together. They're just indie. Okay. Move on. All right. Oofed. You're very angry. What is Are wrong? you sure it's I'm not... in a really good mood. I mean, I probably need to drink some water, but... <laughs> The band consists of Paul Smith on vocals, Duncan Lloyd on guitar, Archis Tiku on, on bass guitar, Tom English on drums, and Lucas Wooler on keyboards. The name Maximal Park, where does it come from? <gasps> Don't know. Is from Maximo Gomez Park, also known as Domino Park, located in Little Havana, Miami, which is a well-known oh. meeting place in Cuba for communists. Yeah, hey, see there, that's, you know, I can't read for crap at the moment, but at least I can, you know, expel some knowledge. Uh, the band originally formed as a four-piece in 2000, and apparently they had hit a wall when bassist Tico decided he had no desire to be a lead vocalist, and the search for a front person began, bringing in Smith, arriving in 2003. This all happened when Smith, Smith was alongside Tom English's then-girlfriend in a nightclub, where he was singing along to Stevie Wonder's Superstition. Oh my God, it's one of my favourite songs. I literally was just about to say that. How old do you reckon he is? Who? Stevie Wonder. Um, are you, are you 60s? getting, are you worried about your, it's way off, way off topic, your musical icons getting ill in their old age or, or passing away? Uh, I'm no, get- because you'll always have their music, and I just think age is, you know, aging is just a natural part of life, mm-hmm. and we'll always have their music. What I have more concern about is that we'll never have such music again. Right, okay. Who's going to be the next Stevie Wonder? Kanye West. Who's going to be the next American I'm president? <laughs> I have more concern about that. Who the next president's going to be? Well, massive concerns about that, but um, no, like more concern about the fact that we're never going to get to see some artists like that again. Yeah, it was funny. Um, we were um, listening to a bit of, of Motown, but a soul on said road trip. That's why Stevie Wonder came on. I was like, Ah, Stevie Wonder, and then we got the Temptations. Uh, was it my Motown playlist? No, it wasn't yours. Wow, uh, but uh. Michael Jackson came on. Oh no. Awkward isn't The it? Jackson 5 came on and I was like, oh, that is awkward. Yeah. And I couldn't listen to it. I skipped it. Like I sort of went, I can't hear his young voice and then know what, how the journey went and ended. It's, it's, it's tainted. Yeah, it's pretty confronting. Oh. Yeah. How do we get on to... Anyway, right. I don't know. Um, Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. Despite never hung, never sung properly, Smith was recommended to the band and after only one rehearsal, the band realised they had a great front man with the requisite look, energy and focus to drive the band forward. Duncan said this to Enemy. Yet, yeah, uh, it was really. Paul was a mate of Tom's, the drummer initially. They went to college and Tom said to go and see Paul's instrumental band. We were looking for a singer up in Newcastle and there were a lot of Liam Gallagher lookalikes. <laughs> that was the only scene that a lot of people related to guitar-wise because uh, because the closest northern town was New- was Manchester. 
For us, it wasn't very inspiring and we wanted someone to front a band who wasn't like us. As soon as we saw Paul, he was jumping around trying to express himself with guitar and I thought, he'd make a really good front man. I don't know whether he's ever thought about it. So me and, me and Tom went and asked him and I think Tom's ex-girlfriend had heard him singing at a club to Stevie Wonder. So that gave us a little inkling that he might be able to sing a tune. So we asked him, do you want to give it a go? And he said, yeah, all right. And it just clicked. He'd never sung properly in a band, so it was all new to him, which I suppose adds to the excitement. For us, for us each new song is an experiment. We haven't really been through it a million times, which is why it remains exciting. That's kind of cool. No, it's kind of cool. I always wonder, and again, always wonder how you feel about banging out the hits for the umpteenth time. It's got to lose. Nah. So... No, and the reason I say that, can I just tell you the same thing and it isn't the same because I didn't write them or play them. When you're DJing. Yeah, okay. And if you were to be playing in front of people mm-hmm. and you play a track that's as old as the hills but you love it, mm-hmm. you still get the same buzz. And you still get the same thing. I think if you played it rehearsing, it would do you nut because you're just practising. But as soon as you walk out on that stage and there are like, say, I don't know, 5,000, 10,000 people, mm. like just completely up for it, mm-hmm. you've had a couple of beers and you're playing it, mm-hmm. must be no better feeling. I reckon rehearsing, you just might be like, oh, I've got to do this again. But in front of a crowd who mm. love it, that energy would just, I think, would carry you through. And also, just you're probably looking at people's faces, right? Because you're probably looking at what it means to... to I guess the older people who probably heard the song the first time. But then you're also looking at the young faces in the crowd going, you're probably hearing this for the first time ever. And mm-hmm. maybe that's what's getting you through playing it for the millionth time. Um, so after releasing 300 copies of their first two songs, the band was discovered by and eventually signed by independent label Warp Records in 2004, releasing A Certain Trigger in 2005. They had five singles that always got around the top 20 and the album did roughly the same, coming in at 15. They did get a Mercury Prize nomination. Oh, well. Well, it's one that we've spoken about before. Oh. You ready? Mm-hmm. So, obviously, Maximal Park. You've got M.I.A. with a ruler. What is your thoughts on... Uh, yeah, quite cool. But not amazing. Mrs. D loves a bit of M.I.A. Really? Mm-hmm. Went to see her in concert. Got up on the stage and danced with her. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Kaiser Chiefs Employment. Hate it. Yeah, yeah. Katie Tunstall, Eye to the Telescope. Yep. Held on the Tips of Fingers by Polar Bear. Kitty J by Seth Lakeman. The Magic Numbers by The Magic Numbers. Oh, yeah. Silent Alarm by Block Party. Stars of CCTV by Hard Fi. Thunder Lightning Strike by The Go Team. X and Y by Coldplay. And out of all that, out of all that they pick I Am A Bird Now by Anthony and the Johnsons such an amazing album oh. I want someone to tell me. maybe I should listen to it again a year on since we first <gasps> talked I'll about it I'll tell you what it. we'll do I'll tell you what we'll do when we get back tonight no absolutely no, not no 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 I'm telling you you'll be quite chilled I'll put, we'll have a whiskey and mm. I'll put it on remind me yeah I'll remind you yeah that might so uh, after this and I think I called it our earthy it's earthly pleasures got to number two so it was more successful second album syndrome nailed it Pitchfork gave it 6.3 
with their new album Maximal Park avoid utter disaster and absolute success by playing it safe nice and safe um, did you listen to this? yes and? how do you feel about it? 6 out of 10 from Pitchfork do you think it's on I'm, the mark? I'm, I'm, I'm the same oh really? yeah yeah I think it's not a bad album at all um, but it's I don't want to give it too much away but okay it's not oh. good that's a pretty good actually I think it's got a good first half A uh, little bit samey-samey But anyway Quick in the Heart in 2009 Got to number 6 Did you get to that? No Where did you end your journey? Here? Yeah that was okay. it So The Guardian Four years later Dave replaced the intelligent Coming of age yarns With dull forgettable riffs Scattered with cliches Crashing drums Furious guitar rhythms And climatic choruses Still abound But without the previous Vibrancy and lyrical Originality this album dampens the spirits rather than quickens the heart. Had a quick listen. Didn't really do anything for me. Uh, Paul Smith, though, released his first solo album called Margins in 2010. He's actually released three more. Uh, Frozen by Sight, Contradictions and Diagrams um, in 2018. So he's still fairly uh, recent released solo music. Uh, Maximal Park, back to them in 2012. The National Health. Got to number 13. BBC, Maximal Park, don't hold back here. The National Health is a relentless war of huge melodies, frantic deliveries, all over the place emotion, and tales so tightly packed that it's a wonder they've been able to pull it off at all. But they serve these songs up like highly skilled pop pros they've become, and most strikingly, they're still attacking them like heady young'uns in the early throes of music making. It's potent stuff. Um, so six months after the National Health, bassist Archis has decided to take some time away from touring with the band. In a post online, they confirmed the news saying the decision was for personal reasons and that Paul Rafferty would be covering from. Later, he actually re- officially retired in 2019, not returning to the band. Too Much Information, 2014, got to number seven. They still pump these albums out and they're still doing really well. Pop Matters, brimming with half-formed ideas and floundering melodies. Too Much Information is easily one of the most uninspired albums released so far in 2014. Hopefully nothing else this insipid will be released this year. Oh, no. Pop Matters, ouch. Risk to, exis- uh, risk to Exist in 2017. Enemy, three out of five. The problem is Risk to Exist with impeccable bad timing sounds neither like fist or funk. Uh, Realising that it is way past last orders for Naughties Indie Rock, Maximo... Naughties, we've heard that a bit, Naughties. Yeah. Is that what it's actually being referred to? Yeah, the Naughties. It is actually being called the Naughties. What else would you call it? Well, there's no other name for it, but it just... Well, the 2000s. Yeah, okay. I just didn't know it's, it's a thing now. Uh, Maximo successfully incorporated the misty synth pop of early Depeche Mode and Kraftwerk into their intellectual romances on 2014's Too Much Information. But this sixth album sets out to emulate Prince and Stevie Wonder, Nick Kershaw and Peter Gabriel So, Meanwhile, music's rising political ire is finding its voice in grime, punk rock, rap, protest poetry and angry blokes from Nottingham shouting F off a lot. By comparison, polite synth tracks about the, the disabled being forced to work, work then wait, and make it what you can sound as effective and powerful as a Green Party conference. Oofed. That's really interesting that music... 
How do you feel about that? The fact that it's talking about the obviously grime is really big at the moment. It's not big here, but it's back in the UK. Yeah. Rap is obviously quite big back in the UK as well. What's your thoughts on indie music not really having a home there at the moment? Oh, I think every kind of music's got a home wherever it wants. Mm. I actually think it's... Some genres become bigger than others. Britpop was huge in the 90s, and then it kind of fades, and now we've got indie, and then these albums probably weren't as big as the other ones in the 90s. And then in the UK, you get crime. I think, again, I've spoken about it before, it's all a lot to do with what socially is happening in the world. I totally believe that. I think music and what's happening in the world has a huge impact you're always going to get pop it's just there um but other genres come through like you know you had like the acid house you've had you know you've had you've had brit pop you had the Manchester scene you've had um now you've got grime and i can understand why grime now is huge in the uk mm. and so all of a sudden that becomes the next big thing and then Actually, what's exciting for me right now is because this has been such a turbulent time. If you think about the UK, they had Brexit. Then globally, we've had COVID. I know. We've had Trump. God. Like, there's... I'd love to see musically... Because every time there's something political, something musically comes out to. And I will, I'll be really interested to see what the next big thing is. I hope to God it's not Kanye West. But... Um, then what's going to be the next scene... Late nineties boy bands. And will we bands. get it? I mean, is the nineteen seventy five? Is that it? Is that what the new oh, thing is? God, I'm just not. saying. But is that what it is now? Just like nonsense. But I don't know. Right. Uh, so Paul, to absolute twelve years on from a certain trigger, how does it feel to look back at everything you've achieved, and how has music changed since you started out? It feels good. I'm very proud of the music we've made and the people we've connected along the way. I still feel there's more to do, and this new album will be an exciting chapter for us. Music is always changing and yet it always feels familiar and linked to what's come before. The industry side is beyond my expertise, but that's changed a lot since we started with the digitization of everything continuing apace. Some nerds like me will always prefer the physical formats though. Um, so um, what are they doing now? Well, they have, had a, they're still together. They had a whole bunch of gigs uh, lined up and at one, Solfest, which is... Uh, in August, as of last week, is still happening. So they're Where? playing uh, in the UK somewhere, oh. but they're still down to play uh, at a festival in August. I mean, that's highly unlikely, surely. I was meant to be flying to Ibiza on Monday. Yeah, I saw the. Rem- <laughs> I saw the reminder pop up. I cancelled it. Yeah, I saw that. That's why I got the reminder. Oops. So, what you didn't said? You haven't you haven't said yet. So, um, I'm going to Showhaven next weekend instead. So it's clearly the same as Ibiza. Where's Where's Showhaven? People don't know where that is. Okay, so it's basically a couple hours out of Sydney, down the coast. Small coastal town. Yeah. Not quite the same. No. Got one um, pub, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Be nice though. Uh, yeah, staying in these like nice villas on a golf course. Got to take my clubs down. Get some practice in. Good on you. Yeah, so I'll be playing golf instead of going to Pasha. 
To be fair, I, I mean, I, I just no. think you've got... I, I'm, we've talked about this offline, but I, I actually do think you've got this romanticised idea about what Ibiza looks like. And to be fair... I don't. I just have to go. Oh, it's just a, it's a bucket list. It's a bucket list. list. Got it. I don't care. You know what time clubs open now? It's late. Yeah, like, and that's fine, because I'll go once. And the rest of the time, I'll be sat by the pool in the villa. I see, I see. Or what I'm going to do, or what I was going to do, is have one big night out, but I was going to go to the day clubs. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. Because then you're in bed at a reasonable time. Yeah, like Cafe Del Mar, all the day clubs. You know, you get there at two, few beers, DJs are playing the whole time. Then they stop about ten because everybody starts going to the other club. Then I go home. Cup of tea in your bed. Yeah, magic. Right. Lovely. Anyway, just thought I'd share that. Next year. Always, maybe. Well, I want to go. Yeah, I'll go next year. I'm going to go somewhere in November, but I don't know yet. All right, okay. Shall we get into the album? Have you got anything else? What else you got, Max? That's it. Okay, cool. Uh, starts off with Signal and Sign. So the song was written originally by Duncan, and he, in fact, uh, used to sing on the track before Paul joined the band. Uh, back then, it was more or less the same musically, but it, but it had a different title, which I won't tell you because, because it's a little bit embarrassing. We asked Paul to join the band in 2003, and this was one of the few songs we had demoed and gave him on a cassette and he took them away and rewrote the vocal parts pretty much wholesale and he came back to the first rehearsal in a flat and we just started playing and he had everything ready to go what do you think of this it's a great start to them it's a great start it, well, uh, yeah it just reminded me again I actually think this is a good way to start the album it's, it's your punch to the face It really is Every time I hear something like this I'm like that's Leslie She's going to be happy Because it's yes. that punch and to exactly the face exactly what it is Bang And it doesn't just stop there There's a couple of punches coming A few right hooks At the beginning of this album <laughs> <laughs> Right uh, I like this It doesn't fit my perfect intro But it does fit Leslie's Yes it does It's good The chorus is really good as well uh, Not my song Not yours Nope but let's play a bit of Signal and Sign, first song. Just go outside Well I've been waiting To forget How the pieces I fell away You left your hometown Where you grew up How good is this song? To see how things turn out And I'd apply some pressure I want to see To see how things turn out I've got to apply some pressure Oh my god, I love this song Okay It's uh, a banging song So it was the first single on the 5th of March in 2005 They released it again in November 2005 
didn't do much chart wise because it went to number 20 and then when they re-released it it went to, to number 17 um, so Paul Apply Some Pressure is one of the earliest songs that we did and I remember it being quite a turning point for the band the first time we played it live was maybe in a sound check somewhere in Manchester at an industry type of conference where people come and see unsigned bands I don't think anyone came any, anything came of us suddenly being there particularly but in the sound check, sound check all the bar staff were suddenly looking around and watching us performing Band sound checks are usually pretty boring, so that was something that made us think, ah, I think we might, this might go down well tonight. Right, I have a bit of a weird one with this song, because I didn't hear this first through this album, I heard it through Mark Ronson's version album. Oh. So I've heard the big brass version of this. What? What do you mean awful? It's awful. It's not awful. Brilliant. It's not. Okay. This shit's all over that crap. I disagree. I think these are both they're both good songs. If someone if I, I think I'd pick Mark Ronson's. I love it. But it's just it's bigger. It's bolder. It's got I like it. When was the last time you heard it? It's tremendous. Can't even look at you right um, now. Well, you are. You're giving me a death stare. Uh, I pinged you the other day and I went, can we talk about Mark Ronson at some point? And you never even responded. I probably would have went, no. His version album is tremendous. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, moving on. I, I really like this song. I'll just full stop that. Yeah, now, move on. The censored version of Apply Some Pressure was used on the soundtracks Burnout Revenge and SXX on tour. Remember the snowboarding game? Uh, no, I don't. You never got into SXX? No. Oh. I thought that was a porn site. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Duck Say Quack. I love this song. Heard them perform at a V Festival where I was with a guy who'd recently broken up with me after 13 months of dating. And the words, what happens when you lose everything, you just start again. You just start, you just all start over again. again. Really? And all over again. I love this song. And you can get Mark Ronson and just pretend. I hope just everyone forget Kev said that. That's a vote. Mark Ronson, yes or no. But it has to be, it has to be early Mark Ronson. I will do that. When we're sat down in a pub, I am going to do that. Yeah, but he's a, he's Matt Ronson or Maximo Park applies to... Well, you're on. I'm going to remind myself. Not downtown funk or whatever that crap was. I'm talking this up. No, no. That's, we're doing it. All right, let's play... Let's, so I might, just, I might just play the Mark Ronson version because I can. What a baby. <laughs> Here's applying some pressure. <laughs> I'd like to be caught stealing You know that I would love to see you in that dress I hope that I would love to see you undress What's my view? Well, how am I supposed to know? Right to review Well, how objective can I be? What's my view? Well, how am I supposed to know? Right to review Well, how objective can I be? I'd like to wait to see how things turn out If you apply some pressure
All right. What's next? Graffiti? Love it. <laughs> Don't you love this? Uh, what do you mean? Is this what this is going to be this episode? No, maybe not. So it's the second signal, 14th of May 2005, got to number 15. From Duncan, I was living in my hometown of Derby around the start of 2002, having moved it back in with my parents as I was heavily in debt from my student loans. I got a job waiting tables and washing pots to make ends meet. But between working hours, I spent my time writing and recording songs on my 8-track. Music was kind of a salvation for me. Through experimenting on the guitar and bass, I developed a new rhythmical and driving playing style. That little break uh, breakthrough led me to writing graffiti. The lyrics were based on a memory of my art teacher's daughter, who was the same age as me. She had come into my university to visit her mum, and that's where we were briefly met. Oh. Um, I'll do graffiti if you sing to me in French. What are we doing here if romance isn't dead? Mind your mouth as you walk with me. I love it. Obviously. Yeah, pumping. Uh, it's a foot tapper. Yeah, and the lyrics, I'll do graffiti if you sing to me in French. It just sticks in my brain. I don't know why. Uh, all right, well, let's play some graffiti. Three, three from three. I really am. Are you three from three? You're being a little bit timid. I'm not gauging your actual thoughts on the shit. It's coming. Ooh. Uh, postcard of a painting. It's okay. Oh, interesting. All I right. like it, okay. but I think the first three songs are so like... Like... It's like left hook, right hook, uppercut. And then this is a bit of a squat. You know, from oh. doing boxes. <laughs> like, it's a bit of a break. Because okay. then we come back again. Okay, alright, okay. Uh, I really like the song. I think the lyrics, the writing. Just, look, actually, you know, I haven't really talked about it, but Maximal Park's writing. Yes. Is really yeah, good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, picture me with you. You couldn't do it. Everything I said was true, but I couldn't prove it. I and know. I admit that there's a web, but it wasn't me who spun it. Now I've made my bed and you wouldn't lie down in it. I know. It's good writing. It's great writing. This is a good song. It... Just not as punchy. Okay. Uh, I like the song, so let's play a postcard of a painting. We You wouldn't lie down in it 
going missing. I love this. <laughs> but I do. Okay. Don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is my song. Is it? Yeah, I really. I love the lyrics. I sleep with my hands across my chest and I dream of you with someone else. I fill my body with things I don't need until I sink to the bottom. Don't act like it came as a surprise. Don't believe me, then look into these eyes. <laughs> I mean, that's punchy, that. I really like this. Love I really it. enjoy the chorus as well. It stands out a bit to me. Um, so this is my pick. All right, go on missing.
sleep with my hands across my chest and I dream of you with someone else. I want you to stay. Oh my god, I love this. <laughs> this is my pick. This is your pick. Why? Nothing did... works round here. Where greens collect the sky. It's an absolutely because it starts off like dainty dainty. It sounds off quite oh, yeah, innocuously, yeah. and you're just like, oh, this is okay. And then, wow. And just the again the lyrics. A double bluff, you fed me lines. The shortest cut you're searching for. A mesh of tones around your eyes. I wish I knew how it came to this. I always said you could rely on me. Now it seems that I was wrong. I want you to stay. I want you to stay with me. Because nothing works around here. Because nothing works around here. I think this is absolutely bang. I think this is the best song on the album. By some distance. Uh, From Mickey Liker. I guess it's about a girl breaking up with a boy who's still in love with her and doesn't want it to be over. They've clearly put a lot of effort into describing the setting of the situation. Clearly the city at night, a desolated place near a building site with CCTV cameras filming the breakup just to picture what a crappy place it is for a breakup. It has that weird industrial... But then the chorus, but it just sort of breaks down. Because nothing works around here. And you can tell it's basically like, basically without you nothing works around here. And then it really hits me in my heart. So I put you di- know I'm a big softy sometimes. Yes, yes. Uh, I've put dig this really like the industrial sound. The chorus stands out for me. Great song again. See, this is I'm, at this point. I'm really digging this album and the band. So this is your pick. Yes, so please. So let's play. I want you to stay. I rewrite my life beneath moonlight. Please hold me now till my breath runs out. There are many things that I am not, but there's one thing that I can't deny. Double bluff, you fed me lines, the shortest cut you're searching for. A mesh of tones surround your eyes. I wish I knew how it came to this. I always said you could rely on me. Now it seems that I was wrong. I want you to stay. I want you to stay with me. Cause nothing works right. Tell a found on film and you 
start to push your lips to mine outside my room. You closed your eyes, and in the end, it came to this. I always said you could rely on me. Now it seems that I was wrong. I want you to stay. I want you to stay Cause nothing works right. I don't like it. I've gone. It's the weakest so far. Yeah, by some distance. Uh, so th- this was rated by Tiku before Could Paul. Could be joined. the weakest song on the album. It's apparently about failed holiday romance. I find it quite annoying. Yeah, I do. Uh, and not very great at all. So let's move on. The coast is always changing. I like this. This is nice. I've put resonated with me here yeah. about being young and moving away yep. from your home. Not a bad song, but needs to pick up soon with the banger. I think. Um, the lyrics I've met so many people who look the same most were forgotten but you still remain most of the time I don't care but London's so far away and then you're there and it saddens me to say I'm the only happy when I move away I was listening to this and I was like oh god Uh, so I really enjoy this coast is always changing playing that yes please alright I'm only happy when I move away I am young and I am lost Every sentence has it cost I am young and I am lost You react to my repost We look out upon the sea We look out upon the sea The coast is always changing We'll take the train out to the sea My heart is always changing Are you ready? The night I lost my Hate head. it, Skip. It's, it's, it's bad, right? It's bad, isn't it? Yeah, it is really bad. It doesn't belong on the album. And do you know the thing is, it's a minute 52 mm-hmm. for a start. Just get rid of it. 
Yeah, same as you. Because Limassol is the weakest soul, and I don't hate it, hate it. Do you know what the thing is as well? I have this thing. Do you have this thing? I'm just going to share it. And it was the same when we were talking about um, Howl on the Ham. So right. my favourite song on the album was Murmur. Right. And then straight after that is that one about the late, the last boy racer in the town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reason I hate these songs is because I love that. And then, and then the next song, and I always skip back to the song I like. And then because I always skip back to the song I like, I hear the song I don't like more than I need to. <laughs> because there always comes next. Yeah, of course. So on this album, oh. I would I play the album always through, but I've got to be so honest. Sometimes, especially when I'm driving, I'll play I Want You To Stay Again. So then Limassol comes on twice. Oh. And I'm like, wow. And so it's not that I, I hate Limassol. It's just that I don't really like it in the first place, and then I hear it more than I want to. But but the night I lost my head, get, just don't have it on the album. It doesn't actually need to be there, because you've got some solid tracks on this album, and it just it's got. I don't think it's got anything. Okay, an Arctic Monday uh, monkey. I can totally relate to this song. When I was at, we- at a wedding in September, I met the most am- amazing guy, and he was interested in me. But then I got drunk and didn't get his number or email address. They've actually put MSN address. And I totally regret that. It totally reminds me of that situation. Uh, yeah, this is not for me. Uh, I, I mean, lyrics-wise, it's, it's good, but no, not for me. The song, Once I Glimpse. Keep it going, Les. Keep it going. <coughs> oh, we're on the same. We're on the same. I don't like it, really. No, that's same. Uh, not a fan until the two minute mark because it felt different I really got into that part however it quickly reverted back to the chorus which was just all too hectic for me this is where I am I am really losing interest in this album fast really yeah I know same Uh, so we're not playing that now I'm all over the shop (laughs) I've put the song itself is all over the shop it's almost a pantomime at sometimes during this. I'm not a fan. I'm you could take these three songs out. You really can. What are they? They're just no. Uns- but then, then you're ending up with a 20 minute. <laughs> well, no, because I actually think you could make those other songs all a minute longer. Right. Okay. Because I actually think sometimes that you're actually these songs coming in and out, and you could do them a wee bit longer. Or just write a better song. True. Right. Can we talk about Acrobat? Oh my god, it's amazing. Acrobat comes out of nowhere. It's amazing. I've just gone, it, what an interesting song. This comes completely out of the blue. I like the beat. I like the spoken word. The chorus is gorgeous. The spoken word is incredible. And I just, so people are really polarising when you read the song meanings. People either hate it or love it. For me, I love it because it's different. And also, this is the perfect way to end an album. I agree. And then Acrobat what do they do? Absolutely they don't end the album with it. You gotta catch an early plane, it's no surprise I'm standing still. Another minute is all I need. I'll never have enough. This room gets so cold in the winter, what will it take to heat this house? I just want to feel comfortable when there's only the two of us in my bed. My foot nearly brushes your leg. Oh my god. I can't draw it away, I can't push it forward. It lies stranded. It belongs to someone else. We knew each other once. This can't be what you want, but you didn't have to demolish me. Oh... I'm not an acrobat. I cannot perform these tricks for you. Losing all my balance. Falling from a wire made for you. <laughs> well, that's incredible writing. Oh, and this is the thing. They are, and maybe one of the articles maybe talked about in the later albums, but for this album, the writing is brilliant. Acrobat's incredible. 
Um, Acrobat is fantastic. I actually had it as my my pick, mm. but then I went, uh, not choose it. But it, it is phenomenal. Let's play Acrobat. Kiss you better at the end of the album. It shouldn't be. What the hell are they doing with the song? Not a bad song. It's I not, like it. It's not great. Just make that track twelve. Just make that before Acro- end your album and Acrobat. Correct. That's the final That's a, the, It's the spoken word. It's deep. It's powerful. The chorus. You've you've got a near perfect song with Acrobat. Mm-hmm. Don't really need to. I don't dislike Kiss You Better, but I get disappointed because it comes after. I've literally said the exact same. I would say I probably really keep this on the same page in this album. It's bizarre. Keep this in the album, but remove one of the others. And it actually, you're disappointed that the album ends with this and not Acrobat. You kind of wonder what happened, yeah. why it's there. Um, so look, we will play "Kiss You Better" to end this, but really we shouldn't be, but we will. Uh, reviews, <laughs> right? <laughs> Diogenian, one point five out of five. A trashy, unintelligent record recommended Shut to me up. by a trashy, unintelligent person. Oh. There's sex, drugs, rock and roll because it makes you feel good, even though you're still smart enough to have, say, an intelligent relationship or political discussion. And then you have these guys who will probably remove themselves from the gene pool by shoving their dicks into pencil sharpeners. If I want modern surface punk, as the indie elite calls it these days, I'll stick with the future heads. Thrental. Actually, let's, let, I'll go to the next one. Uh, so, underscore seven, underscore. Three and a half. As often as a sparky little number comes up, a meandering placeholder track will appear. And literally, I've put brackets. That one-liner sums it up for me. Uh, let's go. I'll give a really good one. The Jigstar, five out of five. It doesn't get any better than this. When I first held this album, I was blown away. This Newcastle five-piece have everything you look for in a rock band and more. First first of all, there is a charismatic singer who's as bongos as Jarvis Cocker and as cynical as Morrissey. Then there are the songs. They're catchy as hell with adrenaline-infused melodies and staccato hooks that give Maximo Park a punch punky touch. But to call, certain trigger, to call a certain trigger punk would be unfair to the rich and multi-layered songs. You might have to listen to it a couple of times to truly grasp the brilliance of this album. 
but you're never done with it. The songs never stop getting better. If you have to compare Maximal Park to another band, it would be Franz Ferdinand. The Ooh. Scots being as arty, catchy and exuberant as their Newcastle counterparts. But while Franz Ferdinand plays stadiums and arenas, Maximal Park keep playing mid-sized venues and I'm there every time. Right, what do you think? So, there are so many good songs on this album. I thoroughly enjoyed this album. I'm glad it got nominated. I'm glad it got recommended. I'm glad we've spoken about it. Um, for the three or four tracks that, that are not bangers, mm. I don't want that to actually ruin what... Because the songs that are good on this album are amazing. Mm-hmm. Acrobat's amazing. I want you to stay, apply some pressure. Like, there are some banging tracks on this album. This is an album I will listen to again. I'd forgotten about it. I'm glad it's been reintroduced to me. Um, I listened to it driving to your house today, well, to the golf course, and I was loving it. It was like 10 past 8 in the morning. I was banging. I was merging lanes. I was beeping people. It was <laughs> <laughs> um it's a really, really great album. And when they're on form, they're on form. So I'm going to give it 7.5 out of 10. Uh, I'm going to mirror pretty... I'm, I'm, I'm probably mirror exactly what you're saying, but a little bit less enthusiastic. Um, that one-liner sort of summarised it to me. The front half of the album is definitely more stronger than the, the second half. Um, there's some weaker songs back there, songs that don't need to be there. Could have been better, could have been stronger. But you know what? It was good, it was fun to listen to and there were some songs there that actually surprised me. Six out of ten. It's not bad. Oh. Yeah, six out of ten. Uh, Maximalpark.com, at Maximalpark. Les, it's your pick. It is. What am I picking? I knew you didn't know. I do know. You're just checking, aren't you? No, I do know. <laughs> Um, so tell me the story about this. Why did you pick... I'm curious, because I... I'm... Okay, so okay. similar story to, as to why I picked Star Sailor. It was around at the same time. Okay. I was very much into my acoustic guitar. I actually did like the shift from Britpop to some of the other bands that came out who were a bit... Like, people talk about, oh, it got a bit soft, it got a bit pansy, it got a bit this... I think this particular band and album was massively underrated at the time. Um, I adored this album. I saw them live, um, and I'll talk about the thing. I saw them live at Teen Department and went on my own, because nobody would come. Uh-huh. And it was one of the most stunning things. I saw them two years ago at um, what, what what is now Holy Moly in... Um, Newtown, which was yes. lit- I literally could not believe it. It was twenty dollars a ticket, and it took me four minutes to walk from my house to this gig. The place upstairs holds a hundred people. Wow! And I saw them live, and they played that album. Oh! And it was amazing. And it was like a Monday night, and nobody wow. knew. And it was like people were like, "Who's well, playing up there?" And I told them, and they were like, "Never heard of them." Yeah, yeah. Um, it's an album that I think ages well. I listened to it again um, recently just to make sure I wanted to talk about it. It's not a big brash album. Mm-hmm. It's not a huge... It's not got lots of bangers. It doesn't have anthems. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a beautiful, beautiful album. And it's The Optimist by Turing Briggs. <sighs> it's 
going to get mixed. It will get mixed reviews, and I think that's um, okay. But I love the song. I love it. Uh, I got into oh, and I cannot remember the name of of True and Breaks. It was uh, their third or fourth album. Our old flatmate used to play it non-stop, non-stop. Oh yeah. Um, so I know of Turin. This album I'm not familiar with, so it'd be good to to see how that band started. All right, I'm all right with that. It's beautiful. It's amazing. So we got that. So next week we've got American Machine interview. So please everyone listen to that. And give us your feedback and let us know if you enjoyed it. And check out their EP. And then the week after that, we've got Turin Bricks. Oofed. And Mr. Paul Weller thrown in there for a bit Oh, of yeah, the big one. Yeah, of course. Oofed. Imagine I hate it, eh? Oh, my God. Uh, and in the meantime, you're going to practice your golf. It wasn't that. It was Kev, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. It wasn't that much of a difference. <laughs> I won. Um, you need to practice your putting. I don't. Oh, my putting is shocking. Yeah. Right, uh, at Britpop Banter or BritpopBanter at gmail.com. Uh, pretty busy couple of weeks for us. And we will see you next week for Mercury Machine. See ya. Bye. Just gonna let it happen You, you so scared That you're just gonna let it happen You, you so scared